welcome to 1001 Books, the podcast where we read the 1001 books the experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they're really worth your time. I'm Nicole, a lover of Harry Potter and historical fiction. And I'm Chelsea, also a lover of Harry Potter and any good book that's going to make me cry. Aww. So, this week we um, have been reading many things. Our book was a tome, but I still found some time to read things outside of it. What did you find time to read outside of it? You know, definitely while I was reading this, I read nothing. We, <laughs> we, we postponed the, the recording of this one week because of illness. And so I, since then, I have read a book that I'll talk about. I read Legendary by Stephanie Garber, which is a sequel to Caraval which I know I've mentioned on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was a good sequel. It kind of took the perspective of this other sister. It's about sisters. It wasn't as good as Caraval, but I really needed like a fluffy one sitting mm-hmm. a young adult fantasy book. And it was very satisfying in that sense. What have you read? <laughs> Sometimes you just need those books. Um, mm-hmm. I have officially started my Throne of Glass reread. Oh, I really for- need to start that. The final book in the series, and I've committed. I have them all out for the library. Wow. I just decided I'm going to pay the late fees if I don't get them back in time. (laughs) Um, And I finished the first one yesterday, and I decided I wanted to read the the novella, like the little prequel novellas, interspersed in as like little palate cleansers. Oh, so I nice. read the first novella too. Um, Lovely. Yeah, I'm really excited. The final book comes out this month. So. Wow. That's yeah. exciting. All right. So this was our book number 31. Feeling pretty impressive with that yeah. number. I, and when we get to 100, I want us to go on like a big vacation or something to celebrate. Sounds like a reward. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's like... It's taken a year to read 31. Like, that's intense. <laughs> Three years from now, listeners, we will be, <laughs> we'll be going on somewhere. a vacation. Um, and so we read a book called The Last Chronicle of Barset by Anthony Trollope. Trollope? Yep, Trollope? I don't know. Tr- Trollope is Trollope. how I was saying okay, it because more fun. Yeah, Trollope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, does it rhyme with scallop? Or, like, I don't sure. know. Um, and it was published in 1867 in England originally in English, um, and it's the longest book we've ever read for the podcast. Yeah, um, my copy was 864 pages long. Yeah, intense. One of the longer books I've ever read, I would say, yeah. easily. Outside of fantasy, I think it is for me, too. Also, the audiobook, because most of, I listen to this mostly in audiobook. You listen to the whole thing. Entirely in audio, yeah. was 30 hours of audio. Which is intense. Yeah. When you, when you listen to um, The Postman Always Rings Twice, that was three hours of audio. <laughs> yeah. This also, I was listening to this while um, preparing my new place to move in and moving. And it was, again, just like A House of Seven Gables, a really weird companion. Yeah. So just like a, like a weird 1800s novel to listen to. Two these books are, I feel like, similar era you know mm-hmm. um to listen to well which is like oh yeah i wasn't what did you listen to oh this really ancient Random like book. book that no one's ever heard of so. yeah well <laughs> speaking of what was your one word description of this novel pastoral what is your one my word? one word description was etiquette oh yeah that's good so as we get into it here is your quick plot for the day reverend Qua- crawley Crawley is his name. Reverend Crawley and his family are deeply affected when he is accused of the crime of theft. Thus begins a winding tale about the rippling effects on the surrounding community. Okay. So from here on, this is your spoiler alert. Um, This is a long, old novel. So 
I wouldn't be too concerned about the spoilers. But. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nope. I wouldn't be super concerned. Yeah. But if it, you have it in your heart of hearts that you really don't want to be spoiled, go for it. Go for it. So <sighs> this book, um, Reverend Josiah Crawley is a curate, a very poor clergyman in the Church of England in a made-up county called, called- Barsetshire. Yes, and his his specific church is in Hogglestock, Hogglestock, which is just a great name. Right. And so this author wrote six or seven novels, all set in this imaginary county of mm-hmm. Barsetshire. And um, I think some characters from those books come into this book in a side They way. do. And some of them are main characters as yeah. well. We didn't go back to read the seven other 800-page books, but, you know. We yeah, just, we just, my, <laughs> my copy had something really cool in it. That it had little cliff notes in each chapter. Oh. That the last 40 pages of my book, um, unmarked pages, but are for each chapter notes on how it connected to the other seven novels. Oh, wow. Six novels. So that was interesting um, because one of the main characters in this novel um, is named Lily Dale, and she apparently already had a book written about her. Oh, see, I'd read that one because I liked mm-hmm. her character a lot. So so this guy, this pastor, he gets accused of stealing a, tr- a check for 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the whole book, like, that happens on page 30. Mm-hmm. And then the whole book is, like, all these other characters discussing if he did it, um, what's going to happen to him, his, like, placement in the church of having that parish. Is it going to go to – is there going to be a criminal case? Mm-hmm. Everything, like, on and on and on, how it's affecting well, – the marriage prospects are his children, the um, the how it's affecting the bishop in, the, in his town, uh-huh. just, like, every single thing. And then, and then at the very end of the book, it turns out that a friend of the family gave him the check kind of as a secret gift, and but she's been away out of the country, and so she didn't hear about the news and to the last second and she comes back and tells him and he gets off and everything turns out for good Mm -hmm. for all the characters yeah and basically there's 150 pages of just resolutions like yeah because there's a lot of characters there's a lot i don't think we need to get into the details of all those subplots no um i will say that when i was reading this book so before we started this book you at the end of our last recording session you had said i just hope we have a book soon that's really feels like home in the way that Age of Innocence did because it's just like something that's really in our wheelhouse, an older mm-hmm. book that's really in our wheelhouse. And then we started this book and I think it kind of was that comfort food in the sense of, in that same sense of the Age of Innocence. There is something like very much like this is like a lot of other very famous classics uh-huh. from that era that we have read in life. Well, it did, yeah. it did something that a lot of classics, which is why I was kind of saying spoilers are useless for this, mm-hmm. where there's a problem that has some etiquette surrounding it, and then the first third of the novel is describing everyone's reaction to the problem, mm-hmm. and then the middle third is where more evidence comes to light, and they're really making their stand on the point, and then that climax is where they figure out a resolution to the problem, and then the last third is where everybody gets their happy ending so it very much follows that classic arc from that age of literature um and so it just did it on a grander scale because there were so many characters yeah and what right immediately when i was listening to this i was like this book was published definitely published in a magazine like part by Mm -hmm. part which i looked it up and it was because it's it's wordy as fuck it's so wordy yeah um and that's because the author was probably getting paid by the word when he was publishing it. Yeah, it was published <laughs> over my foreword in my book said over the course of 52 weeks. 
which I love that because then it, it makes me feel like it's basically a soap opera. Yeah. And people were reading it every week and talking about it. And mm-hmm. the it's so stretched out. Like the resolution just takes forever. But it makes sense if you were like catching a little bit every week and talking about it with your friends. Uh, that makes it feel really sweet that it's so yeah. long and drawn no. out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the in the Penguin edition that I have, it also had little asterisk stars oh, where um. each... Each oh, where the break was? Break was for all the 52 weeks. That's cool. Which is kind of cool, too. So then it was like, oh, this would have been a break. This would have been. And you could see in his writing that usually when it did a major shift in character point was about when the break, break was. Right. So it was like an episode looking at one people's reactions and how it tied in. Yeah. And then, it's exactly like yeah. an episode, like a serial, like a TV show. That That's the, definitely the equivalent of this. I was going to say that. I feel like we don't read books like that anymore mm-hmm. novels but there is that there's an app i can't think of what it's called where you it's like a subscription service and you get like a little bit of a book every day sent to your an alert and you like read it in sections and it's supposed to make you know read 10 minutes every day uh-huh. for someone who's trying to get more reading in their life and to us it would be worthless because it's not hard for us to read 10 minutes a day and nor would we want to have to stop no <laughs> every yeah. day but um that, I feel like that's definitely in the vein of this kind of that's, 1800s yeah. when there was so many when like I feel like for the first time lots and lots of people in the Western world were literate mm-hmm. and um, and there were so many newspapers and stuff like for the first time because of the printing press and like was finally like an industrialization was finally like mass scale. You know? And it's really interesting because there's something about the 1800s too where these books um ones written by men and ones written by women all have this kind of romantic flair yeah. to them it was like a not a symptom it's not like a disease but like of the times yeah. where like that was the kind of writing that was being written and that writing feels really comforting yes because it's it's well it made me think a lot about Jane Austen mm-hmm. because she has that famous quote where something along the lines of like the best books are about like a few country families in one county and all of the drama that happens mm-hmm. between them and this book is definitely in that vein for sure it's totally yeah. a soap opera like that's you know and I think this book felt comforting because it felt like a Jane Austen novel yeah no yeah that was really cool about it I also um something that I loved about this book we are always harping about how the introduction will give away the novel mm-hmm. and my copy of the book had three pages of introduction and then it had a little asterisk that said after this point we will be spoiling sections of the novel That's so if so you great. don't want it spoiled stop reading i was so happy why doesn't every yeah. introduction petition do that? for every book to have that petition for every because it was great i got some background i learned about his life a little bit about the context of how he'd written the other novels and then i was told to stop yeah it's that's brilliant it was that's fabulous so that's so great so all the kudos go to penguin <laughs> yeah, I, re- I read this a, edition. O- Oxford World's Classics edition, but I never even cracked the book open because I listened to it all on audio, so I don't even know what was in the introduction in here. Yeah. yeah. No, Penguin Classics. You guys, you won me over. I'm I'm all in. If you want to send me some free Penguin Classics. Ah, <laughs> uh, the dream. <laughs> I will totally yeah. support you. I would say um, those are kind of my thoughts about the structure. Coming about the actual, like, characters and stuff i would say that the main character josiah crawley the reverend is the least interesting character in the book his daughter his wife the like man who wants to marry his daughter the man who wants to marry his daughter's friend you know like they're all i think their stories are all way more interesting and that i find the main guy just sort of obnoxious and very um 
He didn't have a lot pedantic of... and like arrogant and he was yeah. comfortable being morose. Yeah. And so I guess that's just not that interesting to read about. Yeah. yeah. No, I I found all the other characters interesting as well. I thought that there was some really cool stuff with uh, how this author did. He obviously built this whole world yeah. very thoroughly over the course of these six novels because so much of it was interwoven. And this person happens to know this person because they're the cousin of this person. But the relationship makes sense. Yeah. And it made a lot of the other characters so much more interesting because they were all interwoven where it felt like this man was just Reverend Crawley was just like there by himself. Very bitter. Sad and angry. And so that was, um, yeah, I would say if I, if I had like an extra lifetime, I would squeeze in reading all the, all six novels. Oh yeah. I liked them. I don't think that, I don't know if I'm going to go back to them now, but if I was like, if there was, if I had twice as much reading time as I had in life, Maybe, yeah, you know? I um, I liked it a lot. So I actually read that this um, author has another book on the list, and it's oh. a book in his other series. So he wrote two series set in this world in the same general area, mm-hmm. um, and this series, the Barset Chronicles, is all about like the religious people in the area. Yeah. So it's all mm-hmm. about the priests, or not the priests, the reverends, and. Um, I think, I think the actually, archbishop yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. And then the second series, the Palliser series, which I'm pretty sure was written after, is about the government side of it. So it's all about the oh, politics. That's but the, it's also a, it's a six book long series. Oh my gosh. So um, we'll read one of those. So I was contemplating reading another one or two in that series. Not, I don't know if I'd commit to the whole thing. But... <laughs> I like liked his writing and we're going to read something from his other series. We're going to have another sampling, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. So. I like that. And I like that you could read this without having read the other books mm-hmm. and it didn't matter. It's very digestible in that yeah. way because there was no way we were going to read all seven. No, they're all 800 pages long. <laughs> they are all written as a serials, you know. I That's know. Maybe yeah. we could read them in serials over the next seven years. <laughs> Not enough time. Not enough time. Add I'm busy. The podcast I'm real busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm real busy. <laughs> um, one character that I found particularly interesting and I really liked reading about was Lily Dale. Oh, me too. Yeah. And so she was a friend of the Reverend's daughter, was the context of where she is in the community. And she had previously been featured in a different Barset book, which oh. I only know from reading the little cliff notes. Um, and her thing was that she kind of had the love triangle Mm-hmm. going on where she had um, a previous love had basically just abandoned her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was this other man, John Eames, who's in the this novel a lot with her, and who was just like perpetually in love with her. Yeah, and always asking her to marry always him. Always asking and... her to marry him and really wants to be with her. And she feels genuine affection for him, mm-hmm. but she won't marry him. And I thought that that storyline was so interesting. Yeah, I thought it was. And then the other guy who had like jilted her, he's suddenly available again because his wife is dead. And he proposes to her that can we get back together? And she turns him down. But then she also turns down Johnny's. Even when she starts to feel more loving feelings to him, uh-huh. it's like she's just decided. She says, I've written in my journal, spinster old or old maid or whatever, you know, and that's it. Um, and she's and she's 24. <laughs> Well, and it was really interesting because 
It seems like people kind of viewed her as like a feminist character for a writer to write at the time because she... Because she didn't end up with a man. She didn't end up with a man. Which, for the time, yes. It is true. But I was disappointed in her character arc because I felt like it was really defeatist. Like, oh, I loved this man once. I will never love anyone ever again. I'm going to be an old maid and die alone. And I was just like, that is dramatic, honey. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think there's a reading of it, like the feminist reading would be that she doesn't end up with a man, like it doesn't, t- all of like Austin's books end with a marriage, True. right? And so she's like, doesn't end with a marriage, and so that's like, that's unique, and she is somewhat happy with that decision, right? Or at least she says she's happy. Mm-hmm. But in a mod, today, I don't think it cuts it, you know? Like, no. because she's still... The idea that like, well, I've loved I can never, I'm never going to be whole again to be able to give Mm -hmm. myself to someone else is like not feminist at all. (laughs) No. And so it was interesting because it was tying something that I thought was really feminist that she was able to say, no, I'm not going to marry that dude who jilted me, even though he offered it again, not going to happen. With this idea that, yeah, that you, once you're broken, you're irrevocably broken forever, which. Yeah. It's definitely like a. Like a virginity s, you know, mm-hmm. like cult of virginity type story for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. I really liked her character though. And then a small part of yeah, me, yeah, she was sassy. Which is like the classical part of me was like, but I wanted her to be with to John be because they are perfect for each other. Yeah. I know. I wanted that too. I was so mad. Yeah, and I just wanted it. Like it, it really. It, there was a part where I was like, oh, it's definitely gonna work out. And then it was shocking that she didn't or pick him. Or I wanted her to not be with him because she didn't love him. But that's not why no. she didn't want to be she with him. She gets like she feels like she's spoiled goods or yeah. something. Yeah. And so that was infuriating too because I'm totally fine with a couple not working out if it's really that they didn't love each other. But you could tell she loved him. Yeah. But she just didn't feel like it was going to be the same love as that first love and she was ruined forever. Yeah, I totally agree. Um yeah, anything else about this book that we should talk about? I mean, here's the thing. I don't think that it really had a lot of meat to be discussed. Yeah, it was, it was satisfying as like book. a comfort food book. Um, but I got to say, I'm you know, that I don't think this book is world changing in any way. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's super thought provoking. It's just fine. I guess we <laughs> didn't touch on, though, um, I used the word etiquette. Yeah. Because the whole book, it was all about basically the rules that die, that drove society back in the 1800s. And I always think that that is so interesting. And mm-hmm. why did you use your word? Um, Just because it's, I was kind of thinking like, it's very much about like life in the countryside, you know, and, yeah. and um, the way that like that setting shapes people's interactions with each other and like small town yeah. life and, um, yeah, that's kind of what I think. Of yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I, I think we can decide. I mean, yeah, if there's so, not a lot of meat, there's not a lot so of meat. Now, so, yeah. Do we think this is a book that people should read before they die? One, One two, two, three. No. no. I liked it. Satisfying book, but I don't. I can't say it should be on the list with some of the other ones we put on there. I think, too, the difference for me was that there wasn't any meat to talk about. So something I'm realizing is that there has to be something meaty to talk about, whether or not I I don't think that's always true, though, in the way we've done it. Because if you think of, like, The Postman Always Rings Twice, that book, to me, has an equal amount of meat with this book, but we just liked it because it was fast-paced. But I guess, you know, I guess we've read a book that was like this in Age of Innocence that was this kind of book that had these kind of And we liked more than this. And it had more meat in it. Yeah, that's true. So, like... 
That's true. So I think this is a fun yeah. read if you like long novels. Like, then I'd read it. If you just like the person who really likes long novels, like big tomes, then I think mm-hmm. this is a good book. And books from the 1800s. But I wouldn't be like, recommend this in general. I would to someone who really loves Jane Austen and has like read everything else everything they can else find. and I'd be like yeah. try him he's good yeah and it's a series uh <laughs> but yeah I just don't think it belongs on the list but I liked it a lot so yeah. there's yeah, that there's that maybe we'll change our minds when we review so um this week we're gonna do another what's a book you want on the list pitch and Nicole is gonna pitch a book to me that she would want on the podcast um on the 1001 books list from our podcast. So, Nicole, what book did you choose for being on our list? Yes, so this is a book that I read a few years ago, and I think I got it off a list of, like, if you like books that have time travel in them, here's some, like, fun ones, you know, that are uh-huh. un- that are unusual. Um, and it's called The Impossible Lives of Greta Wells by Andrew Sean Greer. And this author actually won the National Book Award this year for a book called Less. And I read that book, and I had no idea that... That he's written several, and this is the first. The Impossible Lives of Greta Wells is the first book he's ever read, or ever written, really? have he ever wrote like several books ago. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. Like I love the Impossible Lives of Greta Wells. I have less on my bookshelf right now. Yeah, and so um, this this book is like I think I read some quotes from it when we did our like reading our quotes because uh-huh. um, it really stuck with me. And so it's about um, the a woman named Greta Wells, and the first version of her mm-hmm. is like a living. Um, in the 1980s and and the and she's like has like a has recently broken up with like a, a, a lover that like a long-term partner and they broken up and then and her brother has recently died of AIDS mm-hmm. and then and then she lives like with her grandma in New York City and and then she gets really depressed because she just lost her lover and her brother died of AIDS and so she goes to get treatment for depression to get electric shock therapy uh-huh and then when she gets the treatments, um, she switches into another version of herself, a version of Greta Wells that's living in the nineteen in the World War One, who is married to the guy that um, she like was her lover, and but he's he's overseas fighting uh-huh. World War One, and her brother um, is still gay but is having to like hide it, you know, because it's nineteen eighteen or whatever. Uh-huh. And then and then her grandma. Oh no! In, the, in that version, her lover has died in World War One, who is her husband. Her bro- and then her brother um, is hiding, having high skates because it's nineteen eighteen. And mm-hmm. then her grandma, she'll still lose her grandma. And then, and then when she gets the, and then that it's like that version of her is also getting electrotrot therapy for depression because her husband died, oh. right? And then when, and then when they next time they get it, she switches into a version of herself that's in the nineteen forties, and she's married to the lover, right? And uh-huh. and then her her grandmother is the one who is dead. Oh. And her brother is like, um, has like, is like, ends up like going to Hollywood to, um, where it's like he can have live with a man, you know. Oh. And so every time there's like these three versions of her, and they're all autonomous, and and you're only really getting the perspective from the 1980s one, but she's moving between between these three versions of her lives every time each of them gets electric, electric shock therapy. therapy? And it's like when she's in a different version, it's like, oh, my brother's alive here, or I get to be with this the man that I lost, you know, or I get to, or my grandmother's alive in this one. Um, and but you only ever hear it from her perspective, and so it's really like the premise is really unique. Yeah, and then it sounds like, like it. It's like all the people in her life are still the same, but it's just the version of them that would have existed if they had lived in this. Time that stream. time period um and so i it was so good and there were so many like good quotable things in it about like 
making the most of your life, you know, and about Mm -hmm. overcoming depression and um, how, like, we never really lose people, you know, and how sometimes, like, the things, like, the 1980s version is, like, really sad that this man left her, you know, but in the 40s version, she married that man, and they're so unhappy, right? And then, like, like, in the 1918 version of her, that man's dead, and they were unhappy before, and now she, like, has a new lover that she only has in that version of herself, and um like the grass isn't always greener yeah and so she just gets to like this like totally different perspective on her life and and um and there's some interesting stuff in there about like the AIDS epidemic when it first started and stuff watch out um (laughs) she tells this cat is about to knock over her red wine so onto the couch (laughs) that would have been real great um but and then uh in the end she um she has to decide like do I stay in a different time stream and not take the last treatment of depression, like electroshock uh-huh. therapy, or do I go back to my original life, um, which is the like best the version of, of my book. life? Yeah. Well, then she does decide, but I won't say like how she decides. But I just think it's really unique. One of the best time travel related novels that I've ever read. And it's very like meaningful and philosophical without being like you really have to mm-hmm. read into it you know it's very I find it very accessible and it the writing really is really good. beautiful um and I think it's a really I was surprised after I finished it that the author was a man because I hadn't really noticed um because uh-huh. it, it's a I think as it's a really well-written female character and then it gets all these different stuff from all these different historical periods all at once that's just like a combination of everything that I love <laughs> so I think that that's a book that people should read before they die the impossible lives of Greta Wells all right so I'm gonna draw our next book dun, 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 dun. and it's called a pale view of hills what do we think that's about? Do you want me to be hills? my um, usually obnoxiously literal I bet it's someone looking out a window at a view of hills. Ugh, that's weird. I bet it's like in the wet, like in like the southwestern United States, you know, like adobe houses and the oh. like Grand Canyon and stuff. That's kind of the- maybe it's snowy hills. Uh, pale. A pale, I, pale makes me think more of desert for some reason than snow. Pale doesn't make me think of desert. Yeah. We shall see. Well, we shall see. That's All right. book 32. Well, this has been a short episode, but we hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you would like to follow us, which you should, you can find us at? On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 1001BooksPod and on Litzy at 1001BooksPodcast or email us at 1001BooksPodcast at gmail.com. And until we talk to you next time, happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>